you kick down walls and anyone who tells you you can't you take your fears your insecurities your worries you roll them all up into a ball you turn those some bitches sideways and stick them straight up that candy out pick your goal and stick fucking to it you wishy-washy motherfuckers i can't fucking stand you I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, I need the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. And he kill it while you sitting down, bitch, about how I triple my fan base Now worth bench, can't say there's worse, right, bitch Do something, fuck it, I prove something, don't switch up Should've made your best first bitch, I'm rap I am your host, fitness informant, founder, CEO, a.k.a. the king of the motherfucking jungle rhyme. Buckeye, welcome inside the episode today featuring for the first time ever, I'll tell you, the Marky Mark Show. And I call it the Marky Mark Show because we have the CEO of MTS Nutrition, Mark Lobliner, and the CEO of Nutribiolabs, Mark Glazer, on the same podcast today at the same time for the first time ever. Now, these two have met each other in passing before, said hi to each other in an expo, maybe had just a mini conversation, but they've never had a conversation of substance. And today, you're going to hear that first conversation of substance between two men that I highly respect within the sports nutrition field, two men who have been in this business a long, long time. Mark Glazer has been with Nutribio since way back in 1996. Those of you guys who know Mark Lobliner, he has owned several different companies. He actually was the guy who took uh, Cyvation, which makes Extend, made Extend popular, made 211 ratio popular, built that some bitch up, sold it to Nutribolt, and now he is the owner an operator of MTS Nutrition. He also is incorporated with TigerFitness.com and Ambrosia, a couple different brands. So it's really cool. This is something I want to do more of. I think it's very interesting to bring two people, basically odd couples, right? Like two people who you would think would be so different because on one hand, Mark Lobliner is extremely polarizing, outspoken, doesn't hold back. Mark Glazer, maybe, maybe I wouldn't say he holds back and I wouldn't say he's outspoken, but I say he does speak his mind, but maybe in a different, different way than Lobliner does. I don't think he's as, as controversial as Lobliner, but both men have, uh, have, have very similarity, uh, similar, I guess, views on this industry and what this industry needs to do as we progress into the future and some of the cool stories and stuff that they talk about on today's podcast. I think you guys are going to find very informative, ah, pun intended. Um, so very stoked about that. If this is the first time listening to our podcast, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in and checking us out. Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button if you're watching or listening on iTunes, Spotify, FM player, Google Podcasts, whatever it might be. If you're watching on YouTube, click that sub- subscribe button. Make sure you stay up to date with all new things here at FI and our Be Informed Live Fit podcast. If you like what you hear, do us a huge favor. Write us a review and rate us. Helps out the algorithm, gets us up in the equation, and that uh, that goes a long way for us. Um, this one second here. Oh, if you heard that, that is my Papa Top from Ray's Energy, the brand new Galaxy Burst. First off, this can reminds me of Hulk Hogan. So if you're a Hulkamaniac, you might want to try new Ray's Energy's Galaxy Burst. But I'll tell you, this flavor of energy drink is based off of Starburst. It's absolutely amazing. If you haven't had Ray's Energy, obviously we are maybe a little indifferent to Ray's. Uh, we like it. 
I like it much more than the vast majority of energy drinks out there on the market today. Uh, and their flavors are great. And if you haven't had Raise, go to our, our website. We have a store finder that can help you guys find Raise Energy. But this stuff is uh, bomb.com. If you're watching on YouTube, you saw that. This week's Pumped Up segment of the week is being brought to you by Built Fast Formula's award-winning Vaso Blitz Pump Igniter. Not only is Vaso Blitz the winner of our 2018 Shield of Excellence Supplement Awards for Best Pump Product, it is also the first nitrate formula fully disclosed with 30 servings, not scoops. When Vaso Blitz is consumed daily, even on your off days, it will last you a full month. All this for only $34.99 and as a special offer to this listening audience, use our coupon code INFORMANT and save 15%. I'm pumped up this week because Full Blitz... And Vasal Blitz samples are going to be coming live to Fitness Informer. So those of you who are, very, are familiar with FI and FitnessInformer.com, we offer a ton of free shit. Like, we are never going to charge for content. We, uh, we pride ourselves on putting out there really good content on our platforms, multimedia platforms, because we have multiple platforms in which we broadcast information. But we offer a free sampling program. So if you head over to fitnessinformer.com backslash samples today, you're going to see a multitude of samples. Anything from 5% Nutrition has a pre-workout on there, pre-cage from Cage Muscle. We have Nutribio. Their breakfast series proteins are up there. Um, there's just a, a free samples of every Rise pre-workout. There's a lot of cool free samples that we have right now. We had Vasal Blitz for a long time. Uh, they actually ran out of stock. Now Full Blitz is out. They want to offer a Vasal Blitz and a Full Blitz package. Uh, that will be available at FI here. Uh, should be this week as the podcast drops. You guys should be able to head over there. If you haven't already claimed your free samples, make sure you head there and claim them. They're absolutely free. Literally no cost to you. We pay shipping. We send them out. We get them to you within a week, hopefully is the goal, depending on where you live within the country. And uh, that's that. If you like it, great. Go ahead and support those brands. Buy that product that you just tried. That is ultimately the idea here because a lot of people are afraid to take that next step in, in, in purchasing a $40, $50, $60 product if they don't know what it tastes like, if they don't know if it works. So we offer that opportunity at FI for you guys to try it before you buy it. Very excited about that. I think it's a very good program that we have that's been very successful for you, the consumers, to go try stuff before you buy stuff. Our Genius Moment of the Week is being brought to you by the Genius Brand. The Genius Brand offers high-quality supplements with scientifically proven, clinically dosed, all-natural ingredients. With a blatant disregard for profit margins, the Genius Brand focuses on creating innovative, industry-leading wellness supplements to help you live an active, healthy, and long-lasting life. Supplement smart today. Check out all the full reviews and feedback on the Genius Brand over at fitnessinformant.com. I got a lot of DMs this week, messages this week about... Combining a pump product with a stim-based pre-workout. And I think a lot of people are confused on this. And I want to set the record straight. I want people to understand the purpose of a pump product and the purpose of a stim product. Now, there's a reason why most pump products that you buy in the market are going to be non-stim pumps, okay? Because when you have things like nitrates and you have things like vaso 6, what, I mean, basically what you're having is you're having a vasorelaxator. So you're going to relax the blood vessels to allow them to expand, to push blood flow into the muscles where you need them, nutrient-rich blood into the muscles. What that does, obviously, it makes you swole. And you have the pump, which is what a lot of people think a pump product does. It just makes you swole. Like, yes, visually, aesthetically, it makes you swole. It's great. But behind that, behind the aesthetically pleasing vi visual that you see in the mirror, this pump is going to work for you. Bringing nutrient-rich blood into the muscles helps repair those muscle tissues and fibers that you just got done stressing and tearing from working out. The faster and quicker you can repair those tissues, obviously the less muscle soreness you're going to feel, but also the quicker they repair, recover, and get bigger, and the quicker you can put on muscle mass. So a pump actually will contribute to gains. That's the main thing. Like 
that's why if you watch, uh, you know, something like, uh, um, you know, Pumping Iron with Arnold, right? He talks about the pump. And he talks about how the greatest feeling in the world is the pump. And the pump is so good. And you'll talk to people now, like even Jay Cutler, when we had him on here, he said he doesn't really give a shit about lifting heavy. He just wants to obtain a good pump in the gym because obtaining a good pump in the gym is going to lead to gains, more gains than just lifting heavy ass weight. Lifting heavy ass weight is great. You can be strong as fuck. But if you get that pump, you're actually going to grow your muscles. You might not become stronger. Like you can actually obtain a good pump with things like blood flow restriction training, whatever it might be. But the mistake many consumers make is what they'll do is they'll buy a non-stim pump putter like Ghost Pump, which is a great pump putter. There's, we love it. But Ghost Pump is non-stim for a reason because they give you pump ingredients and they don't want to fight against the stimulants. So what do I mean by fighting against stimulants? Stimulants are vasoconstrictors. What that means, it actually will it'll, it'll tighten your blood vessels. So it'll restrict blood flow into the muscles. So what I say is this. Think of a balloon. When you blow up a balloon you know, for a birthday party or whatever it might be. Like the balloon, if you blow it up and you tie it off and you just sit there in room temperature and on a table, you put the balloon. That right there, that imagine that as your, as your blood vessels in a standard day. Like that is normally what your blood vessels look like, okay? Take that same balloon, open up your freezer, chuck the balloon in there, open the freezer back up in 10 minutes and pull the balloon out. What happens to it? The balloon shrinks in size, right? The balloon is no longer its normal size. It shrinks in size. That's a stimulant, okay? A stimulant is going to shrink, and it's going to squeeze it together. So now you took that balloon, put it in the freezer, and you shrunk it, and that is what a stimulant does. Now, take that same balloon, and then back at room temperature, it's back to where it needs to be, and then put it in the microwave for five seconds. That balloon is going to expand. It's going to get big. It could get so big it could pop. That is your pump, Okay, so your pump is expanding your blood vessels. It's relaxing your blood vessels while stims are constricting your blood vessels. So essentially, you, what you're essentially doing is you're putting a microwave in front, in, inside of a freezer. The microwave can't work. The freezer overdoes the microwave. And therefore, essentially, if you're paying $40 for a pump product, $40 for a stim-based pre-workout for an $80 stack, you're fucking yourself. And there are some stims that, that, that work okay with pump, like straight caffeine is fine. Like you could take a non-stim pump product and maybe take a caffeine tablet and you're okay, but you start adding things like yohimbine, DMAA, some of these higher stims like synephrine that are more vasoconstrictors. It's not only elevating your blood pressure, it's constricting your blood flow, which then your pump product comes in. So you're not gonna achieve the most optimal pump when you mix a pump product with a stim product. But what consumers will think is like, well, since I'm not getting a pump off this stim product, I need to add a pump product. Think about it this way. A heavy stim pre-workout should not be used daily. Like, if you need it, use it, but then just elect not to use a pump power that day. That's my personal preference. But if you can get away with a product that has maybe 225, 275 milligrams of caffeine and doesn't have a ton of other stims, like, that's when you start using those pump products, and you're going to get the best pumps possible. Like, lately, I was just using Rise pre-workout, which just has, I believe, 275 milligrams of caffeine, no other stims. I combined that with a pump product. I had the best pumps of my world uh, of my life because I wasn't fighting against Yohimbi and Tenefrin, uh, Hortonine, DMAA, which I haven't taken in a, in a long, long time. But you're not fighting against those exotic stims. So that is my genius moment of the week. If you're going to purchase a pump product, try to utilize that pump product with a low stim to non-stim pre-workout or just use the non-stim pump product by itself. If we ever came out with a supplement line here at FI, I would come out with a, a basically a stim-based pre-workout, but I would formulate it to the, for, to, the, to the point where it could be stacked successfully with a pump product. So you wouldn't, you, we, we wouldn't give you a scratch-your-face-off pre-workout. Like, you wouldn't get a pre-workout with um, a bunch of stuff. Like, I wouldn't be putting in there, like, J. Regia and Uriah Jarenzis and things like Like, I wouldn't have EJ. It'd be straight. It'd be like 275 milligrams of caffeine. I would hit hard on the, on the focus factor with, like, alpha-GPC, maybe neurofactor, et cetera. 
but I wouldn't be putting exotic stims in because uh, obviously you, you can't get in other countries with those either, but it's then going to constrict blood flow, which is counterintuitive to what you want to do in the gym. In the gym, you want to achieve a pump to achieve muscle growth, increase metabolism, etc. By constricting blood flow, people, you are doing yourself a disservice inside the gym. So just keep that in mind. That is our genius moment of the week being brought to you by the Genius brand, which is a great brand, by the way. All right, guys and girls, I think it's time that we get you over to the Marky Mark Show. Mark Loblier, MTS Nutrition. Mark Glazer, Nutribio Labs. Great conversation. Like I said, first time these guys had sat down with each other. And uh, you're going to find that as different as they are personality-wise, they have very, very similar views on this industry. And we talk about we talk about everything. So buckle up, people. Here we go. The Marky Mark Show coming up next. The BAR Breakfast at the Ready is finally here. The world's first protein bar made with real cereal pieces from some of your favorite cereals and the best cereals of all time. This bar has 20 grams of protein, only 20 grams of carbohydrates with five of them coming from sugar and four grams of fat, 190 delicious calories that you can fit in at any time. Any person can take this bar, man, woman, child, whether you're working out, you're training to build muscle, or you just need a healthy snack throughout the day. The BAR is your solution. Go to redcon1.com and order the BAR breakfast at the ready right now. <laughs> With the amount of hard work that I put in, I need a reputable brand. I absolutely love this stuff. The energy is amazing. The pumps are ridiculous. The flavor is absolutely delicious. I was blown away by the amount of energy, the muscle pump. It keeps me going throughout the day. Take your workouts to the next level. The energy was so crazy for me. Really gives me the boost I'm needing in the morning. You will train harder, you will see better pumps, you will go longer in the gym. The quality of the ingredients makes a difference. Try Rise, you're gonna love it, I guarantee it. Their products are top of the range and I'm very proud to be a part of Team Rice. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. Things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. spent most of my life chasing what's termed as unattainable. An obstacle in my path, I torment it. Any limitation trying to control my environment, I tame it. Any excuses I transform into commitments. The haters, 
They're too small for me to even see. For 28 months before Cage Muscle even released, I broke myself against the will to identify, track, test, and trial the ultimate resources available in human existence to bring you something the world has never seen. Change is upon us. Don't justify your complacency. Evolve with me. Part animal, part machine. I'm Chris Kethin, and I am Cage Muscle. guys welcome back inside the be informed live fit podcast if you're watching on youtube you're in for a treat if you're listening on itunes spotify stitch or the other podcast platforms your listening ears are going to get sex made to them today by the marky mark show we have mark lobliner mark glazer two very good friends of mine two people i i respect immensely in this industry first off have you guys ever formally actually met each other we have when do you do you remember the story was no, it kind of just- like non sort of exciting we ran into each other in Expo, wasn't it, Mark, at uh, Las Vegas? Yeah, Expo West. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So this this stemmed, this came from an online conversation from the Facebook world where Glazer was commenting on the bars that Mr. Lobliner makes for the outright bars. And I thought, what better way to, to do things is get these two gentlemen on the podcast and talk about their experience and their, their views on policy and philosophy and let's just start right away with the hard-hitting stuff going on in the industry, right? Like, there's a lot of stuff going on within the, the sports nutrition industry. Scott Gottlieb uh, just stepped down from the FDA inter- after, just after a couple weeks of basically saying he was going to update the policy or update things from the DeShea Act. Wait a second. Is he really drinking out of that? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the coolest thing ever. I got a coffee mug. It shows you where we're at in life. <laughs> so, so you both yeah, are definitely – but shaker cups are very rare here. Everybody uses them, so nobody ever touches my beakers and my flasks. So. I love it. I love it. Yeah, tell me, tell me what's going on right now in terms of FDA regulation of the sports nutrition industry after coming out making these claims that they're going to update the policy and, and actually maybe do more enforcement. And then the leader of the pack steps down from the FDA. Uh, Lobliner, do you want to start? I absolutely can. I, I I I made a post about this the other day. I think there's plenty of laws on the books. You know, and, and Mark probably knows much more than I do. Uh, but looking in running a company, we have laws. We have GMP guidelines. SARMs are not supposed to be put into dietary supplement bottles and sold. We're not supposed to sell hormones. At the end of the day, there's not a lot of people on the FDA overseeing things. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but up until a year or two ago, I believe there were like seven people on the dietary supplements division. And let's be real, the FDA also oversees, let's say when Chipotle has an outbreak of salmonella in their lettuce. So it's a very, you know, it, it's, it's far-fetched to go after such a niche industry. So we kind of skate under things. And I think that's why we've had lack of oversight. We've had a lot of kind of rogue companies flying under the radar. We've been able to, and, and of course, the FDA doesn't have the manpower. So what they do is they literally sit back, build a case like they do to Blackstone, and then just go ham on it to set an example for everyone else. So I honestly, my opinion is, I do believe we need, we're doing not, we're not doing a great job of self-policing in our industry. And it's also an unfair advantage. We have a company like Nutribio who follows all the rules and they're going up against people who literally have probably even having a vertically integrated company, Mark, you have a, you're, you're literally paying an extra, probably three to $5 a bottle to do what you do and have the processes and check in place that you do, as opposed to people just shotgunning it and doing non GMP stuff. So I am, I don't know what's going to happen with the FDA. Um, 
However, you know, I'm all, I, look, a lot of these laws as a guy who's, you know, a libertarian thinker, I'm like, well, just let people take whatever. But if we have the laws in place, we should all play on a level playing field and they should probably enforce the laws that they have. Yeah, I, I, my mindset is pretty much like Marx. I'm pretty much a libertarian as well. Uh, I don't, not into government over-regulating everything we do. I'm a strict believer in the old 10th Amendment that the federal government is limited to whatever's in, actually in the Constitution and anything that's not in there is, is goes to the state, to the people, until the Commerce Act came and fucked that all up and now the federal government just gets involved in everything. I'll, I'll tell you a story, I'm not bullshitting. The first FDA audit that came in here, they sat across my desk and the auditor asked me if I sell or purchase anything outside of the outside of the state of New Jersey. I said, well, yeah, of course I do. He said, can you see, give me a receipt. We gave him a, a receipt from Staples that they ship something in here. And he gives me a document that says, by the Commerce Act, the federal government, the FDA, is now allowed to audit your facility. Because they're not allowed in here. They're, they don't have the right under the Constitution to come in here. But the Commerce Act gives them that right to come in here and do all this. And, you know, so I, I'm against this overregulation, but again, like Mark says, this is the wild west. I mean, our industry has people who can open up a facility, make shit in their basement, blend it in a toilet if they wanted to. There's, so there has to be some kind of regulation. Deshea is on the books. Uh, CFR 111 is on the books. That's all the regulation we need. Everybody says we have no regulation. CFR 111 regulates every part of manufacturing. You know, when GMP supposedly got in that trouble, and I don't know, GNC, that trouble a couple of years ago, along with three or four other companies, where they had all these products that were supposedly, I don't know, whatever came of that, uh, had the wrong ingredients in it and did not have the ingredients. And everybody got out there, all the senators, all the congressmen were all screaming, well, we need more laws, we need more regulations. It's bullshit. Because the laws and regulations on the books now say that I cannot use an ingredient in my facility until I test it, until I prove it scientifically for identity, purity, potency, and composition. I can't release a product from my facility to the public until I also test it and scientifically validate it. The laws are already there. They're strict as hell. But again, agree with Mark said, the FDA's division, as of a couple of years ago, had a $4 million budget to do the entire industry. Not to do audits for GMP, but everything. Drug portion of our industry, every aspect. Now they've, they've Congress, I think two years ago, changed it to the Office of Dietary Supplements. And now they have their own, it's no longer part of division within another office. And now hopefully they're gonna get more funding Hopefully, they're going to get uh, new management out there. But until they actually have some money and some funding to go after and regulate the laws we have now, putting more regulations in is like uh, having another speed law. And now you have two laws that say you can't drive over 55 on the highway. One doesn't help the other. It's bullshit. Now, Gottlieb being gone is, is kind of messed up because he just declared a couple weeks before he left that he's not leaving. Then he jumped on board with changing to Shea going after the industry, doing all this stuff, which was kind of some good stuff. I don't believe in changing the shade at all. I don't see anything wrong with it to be yeah. at all. And I think it's just political bullshit where they make it look like it's it's not good, but it's done amazing things to regulate in our industry. Uh, and then, then the, the bigger thing also is CBD, which is a huge part of the future of our industry. He just got on board and he, he answered Senate and he said, look, I hear what you're saying. We're going to regulate. We're going to come up with some laws to get that out of the Wild West and start letting people sell that. And freaking week later, he's gone, and now everything's in limbo. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and if I, if I can interject, Mark, just to talk about the regulations, they just changed where you have to put, let's say, added sugars to the labels if you're over a $10 million company by the year of, I believe, 2021. So, you know, we're, we're, we're an okay-sized company. So, obviously, I'm going to just do that shit now. So, I'm spending... 
tens of thousands of dollars on new labels, new plates, mm -hmm. new this, new that, to make sure that everything's in place. Now there's where it doesn't make sense, is that if I'm spending tens of thousands of dollars to keep up with an FDA regulation that no one's even gonna know about, you know, it's an unfair competitive advantage when you're not following the rules. And that's why people get mad all the time, like, oh, well, like my position on SARMs, it's like, it says not for human consumption. What part of that do you not understand? I'm not against the use of drugs. I'm just saying you should know what you're putting in your body. Mm -hmm. If you want to, I don't care what the hell people put in their body. It doesn't bug me. It's your body. I don't give a shit, you know, but here's my stance because I've seen some really fucked up shit in this industry in my 20 years here. So my opinion is, you know, if I'm going to spend tens of thousands of dollars simply adding a line to my nutrition facts panel to say added sugars, then I think other people should actually follow suit have the same laws. We can't have laws for the good guys and then laws for the others. And also if we have ambiguity, you have an issue with people being prosecuted maybe for things they didn't even know they were doing wrong. Yeah, it's super interesting. You're talking about NLR, which is national label reform, which is actually effective January 1, 2020 is when it's supposed to be uh, effective in terms of CPG companies, which I mean, most people on the outside don't know. It's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars for both your companies to do it easily on plates alone. Those things are super expensive. You mentioned, Glazer, uh, CBD. It's a, a new big trend in, in, I don't know if you want to call it sports nutrition, or just in, in general. It's even in functional foods. Is CBD an avenue in which you two are both kind of looking at feeling out and seeing if there's a place within your respective brands to hold a CBD product and mobile iron. We can start with you. Well, I have a, I do have a product under one of our sister brands, hemp daily. Um, I I'm pretty simple. I use compound solutions and next hemp, which in my opinion is the most vetted of any of the materials. Folium has good stuff. Um, those are the two that I've identified as other than that, the problem with CBD. And I say this, even though I saw a CBD product, there's really a lack of science. Mm -hmm. There's a lack of knowing the quality of the extracts out there. That's why I went with the best I could find. And you have companies just, and you can't really market it. Like we're so ambiguous in laws. I spent money on attorneys, literally. I spent, you know, a thousand plus dollars making sure I can make, I literally have, my label just says hemp, basically. There's nothing on it. There's no claims. So even that's ambiguous, <clears throat> excuse me, where the lawyers don't even really know what we're allowed to do. I've, I've done it. Because even though the science, I mean, the, the feedback, if it's placebo, it's a goddamn strong placebo. I had a guy come up to me at the Arnold with club foot, which is like where your foot's, it's really weird. The guy can literally turn his leg three, three it's, it's crazy, 60. Um, but he said it's helping him. He's taking our product. And, you know, I myself, I've taken all kinds of different CBD to try it. It never really did much for me. And then I'm told, well, you, if you're in really good shape and you're healthy, it won't do as much for someone who's really unhealthy. I'm like, I don't know about that. You know, so for me, it's, it's still an ambiguous category that's fulfilling a demand. But, you know, to put it under the MTS line, I, I don't think I don't think there's enough science behind it to formulate with it yet. Right. I need more data. And, and Mark might know more about that than I do. No, I, I agree. I, I, but I think CBD is going to be one of the, the largest things coming in the future. So I think you you have to get into it right now, not necessarily sell a product, but you have to start looking at it, researching yeah. legalities. I mean, people still look at CBD as just a uh, pot without THC, and it's not. I mean, our bodies, I think they discovered in 1993, the same year as Deshea, that we have an endocannabinoid system in our body. On all of our cells, we have cannabinoid receptors. And it's supposed to maybe create homostasis between different other systems in the body. But we never knew that prior to the 90s. And we haven't done any research on it because 
cannabis has been illegal. So we have this whole system like the cardiovascular system or the endocrine system that we've never studied. And the science that they know behind it a little bit is maybe it's a balance between all these other systems, which if that's true, would make it hugely important. But it's not just pot without the THC to calm us. And that's what it's mostly being sold as right now. And that's what people think. It's like uh, like supplements were back in the 70s, 80s. Everybody thought they were just steroids, but they weren't. They, you know, they were supplements. Everybody thinks CBD is just pot right now. And it's gaining. I think, what do they say? It's a billion-dollar industry this year going to Crazy. $20 billion by 2022. So the FDA has said it's not a dietary ingredient. It is not a dietary ingredient because it has a drug application on it. Once you have a drug application, according to DeShea, you can never have it as a dietary supplement. And just the end of 2018, it became a drug. So it's, there's an epilepsy drug out there for CBD isolate. So we now know that CBD isolate will never be legal. We'll never be able to put the isolate in our products. But there's no way to go back. The FDA cannot go back. There's thousands of products on the market with CBD now. And one of the problems with Mark was just saying that you know people take it and don't get anything from it. And it's exactly what he said. We tested about 20 products so far. They had no CBD in it. It's unregulated. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. So exactly. people are selling all the shit out there. People are trying it, and they get no effect from it. That doesn't mean that I'm saying it definitely works. I'm saying you can't put the product on the market when the majority of it is fake, and nobody knows what they're doing. Mark has a great product coming from comment. It's a very good product. If I was going to go into now, I would use the same thing. But we have to see what the science is. What does this shit do in the future? Because if you ignore it, I think, as a supplement company now, you're going to be way behind a multi-billion, the biggest part of the supplement industry in five years from now, 10 years from now. So you, you got to focus somewhat on it. Bro, they put it in fucking jelly beans, man. <laughs> they put it in jelly beans. They put it in vaporizers. Yeah. They put it in candles now. Were you at uh, Expo West? I was not this year, no. Oh, my God. It was, they're they're going to rename Expo West CBD West. The whole yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you have some major companies out there that have taken a stance on it and have just replaced their line with CBD stuff, uh, which is kind of scary to me. And not it even is. supplement companies, like food companies as well. When I was with, with a Fortune 500 company, we were looking into CBD as an inclusion right. into some functional food benefits for future innovation. So it's, yeah, that's why it's going to blow up. just so announced recently that they're using it in something. And, but how people are putting it in candles and they're expecting CBD to go <laughs> through the air like a virus and get into the bodies and change. I, I don't know. Well, bath you know oils. What? I saw CBD bath oils. I fuck, I couldn't believe that one. Hey, you know what? When there's a dollar to be made, people say whatever sure. it takes to sell it. And that's, yeah. that's that's what I you know, and that's what I respect about this group is that you know I I've never once said here's magic in a bottle, and I think that's where CBD upsets me is they are following the laws on the label, but then they get these sponsored athletes on Instagram and they send them absurd amounts of money. They're paying these fuckers, and um. But, but there's really like, they're making some outlandish claims on these apps. I know they're giving them directive to do it because these, come on, dude, an, an Insta bro is not going to know any of that. It's shit. a copy and paste. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, for me, it's for me, when I see things that are outlandish, it, it, it insults me. Mm -hmm. It upsets me because it, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not, um, it's disingenuous. And I still, to this day, try to maintain that. I still get offended as a consumer. And, and to me, it's just the way they're bastardizing what's good into something that it's really not is kind of just upsetting. Right. Let's talk about what I think is super interesting is, is the entire world sort of looks at the United States dietary industry and they all want what we have here because we have maybe the loosest – I don't want to say regulations because that's not necessarily fair. But we allow more ingredients to be uh, used in dietary supplements in this country versus – 
Europe and Australia, et cetera. For you guys both, and Mark, you've, been, you've both have been doing this for 20-plus years, formulating externally outside the United States, is it a big headache as a supplement brand company, or is it a little bit easier than people may, may seem? I defer to Mark. Uh, a lot of ingredients that we have to change over. So we're just going na- national. But we've made products internationally for many years now. So you go to Saudi Arabia, go to different countries. And, you know, the problem we have is they'll look at a pre-workout and they'll say, well, we can't have caffeine. We have to have natural caffeine or we can't have caffeine. We can't have 100 milligrams or we can't use it at all. And to reformulate your product to the point where it makes no sense anymore, it doesn't do any good. That's that's where I run into problems. So I don't put the products out there. Uh, but, yeah, different, con- you know, all over the world, the laws are different in every single country. And one of the advantages we have moving our product line is since we manufacture, we actually know what's in the product. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Mark does too, because my, you know, I have a lot of respect for what he does. Uh, he knows every single ingredient that he's putting. He probably chooses every ingredient, knows what they're manufacturing. But a lot of these companies don't. They just go to a contract manufacturer. Okay, I need a pre-workout. Now they want an EAA product. They need a protein and give me a thermogenic. And they get a bunch of prop lens, and they don't even know what's in there. I mean, I did the same thing when I started, so I know I'm not putting them down necessarily. But that's how I started my company. I went to contract manufacturing, did the same thing, and I found out there was nothing in my product. Uh, and then when you try to go international with it, you can't because you have to disclose everything in the ingredients in there, and they run into problems. Absolutely. Um, you know what I found is uh, the U.S. is a damn big country, and I personally, there are some things I reformulated, like taking melatonin of sleep aid, because that has a good market segment. But normally, like, for example, Canada, you can't put creatine and caffeine together. So I can't put clash up there, you know, and um, there's certain there's certain laws that are just absurd where it's it's really not worth the time nor effort nor the paperwork when you do the actual math. So when looking at the bottom line and we keep a very, very, <coughs> excuse me, very slim stack. So if I'm going to have my guys focus on one thing, it's going to, generally speaking, be towards the USA because every company outside of the USA wants to sell to the USA. I'm here. The USA is a big market. Now, there are countries that are really good for me that I work very hard in, and that's, you know, I have a a great relationship in Australia. Um, The UK is great. But those little kind of countries, it's really hard to make it work. Um, one is the regulations. You got a year of paperwork before you even get in. And even then you might get to that year mark. You have all the paperwork done and you're like, oh, your pricing doesn't work. And then they try to strong arm you there. So with us, we've actually scaled back from going after the international nut just because it's gotten so weird with the regulations and the weird paperwork. Yeah. And I just don't have the staff. I like, I'd rather like I'll spend literally an hour talking to a consumer. And I mean, Ryan, you've seen me at trade shows. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm horrible. I don't know if my line is longer if I just talk too much. I love, I'm a, I'm a chatty motherfucker. I love talking to people. I can't go to the grocery store because I, I talk to the guy, the person checking me out right. for about 15 minutes because I want to know what their life's like. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, I'd rather spend that time with the customers I have. So I'm not, what I'm saying about international is it's almost gotten to the point where a lot of these countries have. Even in Australia, they have local brands that have actually figured out how to market to them. And it's not as cool to be an American product out there than when I started when I owned Cybation back in 07, you know, um, or 06. So I think it's definitely a good market to have if you have the staff. Now, if I'm Muscle Farm and I spend $20 to make one, yeah, why the hell not? But for a guy like me who's, yeah, a decent-sized company but likes to keep things slim, trim, and better margins – 
I'm not gonna um I'm not even gonna give a lot of countries the time of day. I'm gonna be like, look, unless you can figure out the paperwork with very little help from us, you know, we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you got you know you like Mark said, you work with a distributor for a year to get all the paperwork recognized by the government, and then you find out the distributor can't do anything, and you're starting over from scratch. It's a, it's a pain in a lot of countries. I think Saudi Arabia. I think it was Saudi Arabia wanted a lot of our products in, but I can take creatine and sell it to them once I put it in a capsule. It's a clinical drug just by encapsulating and putting it over there. So you're dealing with all kinds of shit all over the place. Crazy. And Brazil and Visa is and Visa is their FDA and Visa is like it's dealing with the mafia. They have you literally pay someone off to get it in there. I'm not saying I ever did it, but <laughs> in a pat never with this company, but in a prior life you could probably yeah. do the math. Yeah. Because we had CLA that was moving really well out there. And uh, CLA in, in, in Brazil is contraband. Oh, really? Yeah, we were shipping thousands of units a month. That, I'm, not, I'm talking more CLA than the USA probably buys, in, like in total. And I'm like, how are we going to get this over there? It's contraband. Uh, don't worry. Because in Brazil, it's weird that you actually have doctors writing prescriptions for branch chains in CLA. It's the most crooked-ass place I've ever seen. Like, if you think politics in D.C. is bad, go to Brazil. Weekly meeting. Making a swap. or listen. What is it? A sample? Air Max Day is about to be lit. Dropping some new dope flavors. Ricky! It's a little drumstick. Woo! So the ghost vegan pancake batter. How'd you get 10K? <laughs> production as we speak. We've been hyped about this for months and the time is finally here. So let's go check it out. In here. This is it. Galaxy Burst. This flavor has a burst of candy with a hint of tart, giving your taste buds begging for more. It's fruity and creamy, yet sweet and tangy. After months of testing and formulations, this galactic flavor is sure to take over the galaxy. Now let's give it a try. So good. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, time to go. What I think is super interesting about both your we'll, – we'll focus on MTS and Nutribio for this, for this next question, but you guys both have very large companies. I mean you do. You are very successful. They're growing. But at the end of the day, you guys aren't being spoke about a lot in terms of some of the other brands in the, in the industry because you're not doing all this crazy marketing stuff. You're not doing flash sales. You're not doing buy 150, et cetera. 
do you at times ever take offense to not being involved in the conversations with, I'll say it, the red cons of the world, the ghosts of the world, the, the brands that people are walking around? And we, we talk about those brands at FI too because they, they are doing a lot of things. But do you guys ever take offense to not being in the same sort of breadth of conversation when those brands are mentioned? Mark? I never do. No. I mean, brands are mentioned for all kinds of things every single day. You right. know, I do my thing. It's what I've done for 23 years now, you know, for 20, for 18 of those 23 years, we did D2C, direct to consumer only, you know, I was watching everybody else get bigger, grown, you know, it doesn't bother me. I, I focus on what I think I do best. And then I just take it in that direction and I don't let anything, I put blinders on and I focus on that. I, I don't, if I try chasing everybody else that's hot at the moment, you're chasing ingredients, you're chasing products, you're chasing marketing, you're chasing athletes, and you're just trying to jump on everything that ever making everybody hot. Do your own thing. That's what made Mark successful too, I'm sure. I think I'm, uh, I'm going to just point to one time I was, uh, I tell the story a few times. I was a decent football player and I was having a really good game. And I remember I pancake blocked someone and I got up off him and I said, yeah, how you like that bitch? He looked at me pointed and said, scoreboard, we were losing by 12. Here's the deal. I think you said it yourself, Mark. We're still here, dude. 20 plus years. We're still here. I guarantee you this. Now, you know what? I'm not going to call names, but a couple of those companies you said, let's see if they're here in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Let's see if they're still going. The bottom line is if you want like, Hey, we're here. You can call either of us. A customer can get in touch with either of us. We're accessible. Mm -hmm. That's how we build our brands. They're building companies, but they're building walls without building foundations. We're building foundations. We're building a house. Right. We're not just building a tent that can blow away in the wind. The big bad wolf ain't going to huff and puff and blow our bitches down. We're building a foundation. We're building a house. And honestly, I couldn't do what they do because their products might be good, but I honestly, I don't like that marketing strategy. And also, I don't like flash sales. I think it devalues your brand. I think you get some immediate sales, but there's no loyalty. There's no trust. Mm -hmm. It's just basically people are bandwagoning it. Like, oh my God, you see my new blank shirt. Did you, oh my, oh my goodness, see this athlete who follows. Dude, like, here's the deal. Like, I'm the face of a company. I'm a 38-year-old soccer dad. Like, I'm not cool, you know, but they're buying the, with us, with our brands, they're buying the product. We stand behind our product, but they're not buying it because some girl has a great ass on Instagram, although Mark has a phenomenal ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they're because they trust the brand and you know what it's a long game there's a short game and a long game i'm a long game type of guy yeah i, I, I totally agree i think you guys well, both, yeah, both just, just expand on one thing because you asked the question mark talked about price for a moment mm -hmm. you know when you're selling a product and it's a 40 dollars protein and you're giving away with that protein i think i said this the other phone you're giving away a t-shirt with it free shipping two bottles of something else and your girlfriend i mean What's the value of the product? It's not a $40 product anymore. The customer's not going to pay $40 two months, three months, four months. They're used to paying $20 for it, or they, you know, they're smart enough to put all those other freebies into that. And it's buy one, get one, buy two, get one. And when you do that over and over again, your $40 protein is really only a $20 protein, which means you have to go back to the drawing board. You either manufactured a $20 protein to begin with, we're mm -hmm. overselling it and now marketing it down, or you had a $40 protein that's now selling for 20, nobody's getting any margin. You got to reverse engineer it and make it into a bottle of shit. So when you, if you're creating a product that's serious and the ingredients are serious and you're putting the right dosages in and you're pricing it right, you've got to sell it consistently at that price, map price or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Otherwise you've got to drain something out of that product eventually. 
And if you grow too quick, that's what happens. You're giving it to every channel. You're making deals with every different store, this place, that place, all over the place, and your integrity of your price is going to go down. Your product integrity has to go down with it. There's no, there's no other way. I think we all can look at NO Explode. NO Explode was moving all day for like 45, 46 bucks. By the time I was, uh, it was near 2009, I saw it for sale ran everywhere for like 1999. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was a, it's, it's a race to the bottom. And, and honestly, it devalues the brand. And also over time, I guarantee you, it has to devalue the quality because like Mark said, again, the guy's a genius. Like it, he's just, he's speaking truth, facts that customers don't realize. Like, well, I can get this product for this price. Have you ever looked at why you'd get that product for that price? Mm -hmm. That's a, now I'm not saying you, you do what I'm gonna name names because they're gone now, but shreds. Like they used to make a $2 product, market and pay the shit out of their marketing yeah. people and sell it for 80. That's different than what we're doing. I mean, you know, you provide the lab test, you provide the comfort, the warm and fuzzy from being there and, and giving your customers that, that um, confidence that your product delivers what's on there. But then you got someone who's just basically, hey, here's a butt and here's a product, you know, and, and there's a difference. So I'm not saying you need to get gouged for your products. I'm just saying if, if it's, if you keep getting these flash sales and deals, you need to kind of be cognizant of what's going on. Yeah. Well, I think it's super interesting is Mark, you just mentioned that it devalues the supplement it devalues the brand. I also think potentially it devalues the industry to the point where it becomes price anchoring for consumers, right? So they're, they're used to seeing a pre-workout for twenty nine ninety nine, And then for you guys, when you're formulating a product, you want to formulate the product with the best ingredients, but you're kind of stranglehold by the consumer's willingness to pay. So when you guys formulate products, I'd love to hear your approach in terms of like, what do you take into consideration first? Is it price work backwards? Is it a, a formula? Try to figure it out. Uh, Glazer, we'll start with you and how you sort of ideate and formulate new product innovation in terms of, because price anchoring is real people. It's a real thing. People assume $2 a serving for pre-workout is the most they're going to pay. Um, you know, so I'm very interested in your guys' uh, your guys's perspective on pricing well, and in terms of innovation. My answer will get me thrown off a shark tank as a laughing stock in a second. <laughs> we figure out what That's we good. want first. Hey, Mark, those are the same guys who invested in badass nutrition with a fucking donkey as a logo. <laughs> Everybody's like, you should go on Shark Tank. I'm like, you realize Damien invested in a fucking company with a jackass as the fucking logo? I'm done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I do the way we do it. Let's say we're going to do an intro workout. We figure out what the goal of the intro workout is. What are we trying to achieve in it? Where do we want it to go? And that's the first step. Then we go for ingredients. We choose the ingredients. We put that all together. Once that's done, we go into flavoring and then we go and see what the price comes out at. And we price it based on that. It's kind of reversed because we don't even start with the flavor. We might create a product that's almost impossible to flavor and, it's just going to come out not tasting so great, but I'm not going to pull in. I mean, to some extent, I have to pull something out that just destroys the product. Like I love Vinposatine. I put it in a pre-workout once and 10 milligrams destroyed. It was undrinkable. And I broke my rule. I said, ah, just make another 5,000, uh, 2,000 kilos, put another, put uh, zero in that, mix the two together. It'll be five, gram five milligrams and it'll be fine. It was undrinkable. I literally threw out 4,000 kilos of pre-workout because of my own stupidity, which we test everything before we do it. We taste it. And I was like, that won't make won't. So some things you actually can, but you know, to me, it's, it's creating the product, the goal of the product. Don't compromise what you're putting in the product. Make sure it then works and then price it at the end. Mr. Lobliner. 
Bro, we have the same fucking Vinpositine story. Oh, no. I did the same thing. I love Vinpositine because it has a vasodilation effect. And I've always loved Vinpositine. I've always wanted it in a pre-workout. But good God, is it bad. Like, it will destroy anything. It'll destroy Kool-Aid, bro. Um, <laughs> See, now, nobody's ever said that because everybody else who puts it in puts like a billionth of a microgram in there. Wow. has no fucking clue that it actually does that. So Dude, you're the first if, person I ever said, heard say that. If you dose Vinpositine correctly and you don't prop blend it, you're going to hate life. You're going to hate life. Um, so Mark, why don't we uh, find a way to micro-encapsulate it or something together and do something with it? I, I, no, what, no, what's that question? I love, love, love Vinpositine. I'm sure we could. If the, but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a way. But, I, I mean, my, my strategy, Ryan, is um, very much like Mark's. I always come out with a dream formula, and then I flavor it. And usually the flavor, I, I usually know what not to put, like Vinpositine. I've tried, I've tried enough of them and flavor it and then um, come out with the cost. And there are some products that I come out with that shouldn't be out. And it's not, it's not an MTS product, but Ritual by Ambrosia sucks. Mm. The margin on that product is fucking horrible. But I had to meet a certain price point. It would be egregious if we actually made normal margin on it. Yeah. It's literally, if you were a business analyst, you'd be like, why is it out there? The bottom line is I'm drinking it right now. Like I make my products when I want them and that one I need it because I really liked it. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that's just one case. I do the same thing. Mark does be dead honest with you. And, um, I, there, there are some products like, for example, ruckus, I knew I wanted to stay at a $25 and under pre-workout range. So I formulated about two cost drivers, beta alanine and creatine, because those are huge cost drivers to use creatine. So there's certain things I will do, but I also wanted a nitrate-based pre-workout because some people love that. And I also knew that some people don't like creatine because for some reason they still feel it bloats them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I want to do a non-creatine pre-workout, non-beta alanine because my wife hates the tingles. So there's certain things that I, I take in personal stuff and like people around me like, why don't you take that pre-workout? You could, you could learn a lot talking to people, you know? And that's just my wife. But so many other people at trade shows like, Oh man, I love that C4, but like it gives me the tingles. I'm like, oh, okay. Take a note of that. And then I'm like, you know what? There's a niche that I could fill in this industry and, mm -hmm. and I'll do the same, but normally product before price, hundred percent. And I, I don't compromise. Um, if there's an ingredient needs to be in there. Um, and I, if it needs to be in there, I should be able to explain why it costs more. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And it also brings me to my next question in terms of ingredient selection because you guys both are probably hit up by ingredient companies on a daily, regular basis in terms of the next best thing that comes out. Uh, Mark Glazer and I actually talked about this earlier today on the phone in terms of like the studies that back these new ingredients are oftentimes paid for. They're always paid for by the companies coming out with the ingredients. And as everybody that listens to this should know, like you could essentially build a study around your objective and what you want to you know, make hold is true. So when new ingredients come out, and then I'll say I'm like S7 or Carnal Prime, which is supposed to mask the tinglys of, of beta alanine and all these new ingredients, like what is your guys' uh, I guess stance on when is it Bible to you or when, when are you comfortable enough moving forward with an ingredient to put into a product of, with all this new stuff coming in the market? And Lil Barner, we can start with you on this. I think there has to be more than one study. I need a human study. I can't do rat data. And <clears throat> you're seeing... It's going to be interesting. I know that, um, you know, I actually really respect the man, but, you know, Ron Kramer just put a lawsuit against, I, I, I like both people, you know, mm -hmm. I work with Compound Solutions, but I think it's going to be interesting to see what comes out in that court case because Vaso 6, <clears throat> they have data on it. 
And then you have Ron Kramer saying he tested it and it's just green tea. Um, I actually heard from somebody else because I've been asking around because I haven't used it yet, but I'm interested in it because the data they have is somewhat, you no. know, I, I'm okay with it. But I know somebody else who tested it, a contract manufacturer, who says that even though there's no specific test, had the same exact spikes on the lab test as regular green tea. Hmm. So that's going to be interesting. So the question is, are people simply <clears throat> renaming shit and saying it does something else? So there's a question because we're coming in a new era where there was such ambiguity with Chinese ingredients that I think American holding companies are coming in and just trademarking um, ingredients. Yeah, um, all the time. There's, there's a lot of companies doing that. I think it, it adds a level to a lot of... What's up? Brands are doing that now. Supplement brands are taking a generic and they're filing a, a marketing trademark on that ingredient to make it seem like a brand ingredient. Yeah, and, and that's that's okay. I mean, that's that's I'm, I'm all for marketing. It's it's what I have a degree in, you know. But, you know, and that's cool. But the reason I like what they're doing is they're actually putting studies and money into sure. it to validate it so we can actually make some claims. However, when, <coughs> excuse me, when do people start falsifying stuff? So I, I'm at a, I'm kind of, to find an ingredient, you have to have some validity. You have to have some, you have to try. I think trying it is also something. Right. Um, having people try it where there's, they don't even know what the fuck's in it. I think that's another thing. And that's old school stuff going beyond the study. I think you need to almost validate the study with real, real world application, but mm -hmm. it's hard. And I think that's why I'm not going to say the word excited because it sounds weird, but I'm interested to see how this Vaso 6 lawsuit shakes out. I really am. Yeah. Lobar, or not Lobar, sorry, Glazer. See, I get you guys mixed up now. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing with studies is we know our industry doesn't have the money to do real studies. We know when a company looks at a study, for the most part, they don't really care what's, whether the study was valid or invalid. They're trying to work the study to whatever claim they want to make on the product. Uh, and that's the wrong way to do it. So when we look at a lot of these studies, no, they're not going to be the best studies. They might be on rats instead of humans. It might be very small studies. But you still want to look at the science and actually read not just the little summary of them, but read the study and see if it looks legit. And, and it, you know, have some people who understand these studies look at it and say, yeah, you know, this looks like the study was done pretty well. Right. Yeah. And that's a starting point for us. You remember uh, Silk Aminos that came out? Everybody jumped on those. You didn't jump on those, did you? No. No, no. I, 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 I just, um, yeah, usually when, when there's a new amino acid ratio study, I just stick to the two to one to one and just call it a day. I don't feel like getting involved in that. There's a new, everybody since extend, everybody's been trying to do, you know, like first it was eight to one to one leucine, isoleucine, valine. Now it's EAA, but nobody really knows what ratio to use. And I'm good with all of them. I just like amino acids, you know? So I, that was like the hottest thing. So I look at the study and they took a bunch of rats, threw it in a bucket, weighed them down and they swam to exhaustion. And then they fed some of the rats protein and the others not. And that was the study. Well, they didn't really compare this silk amino, this protein, to whey protein or to BCAs or EAs. They compared it to nothing. Well, of course, the fucking rats who have a protein compared to not are going to do better. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's marketing and BCA is no good. EAs are no good. And everything's garbage. Now you have to have silk aminos. And you look at this and say, well, yeah. first of all, that was a protein that the study was done. It was actually a protein. It wasn't individual aminos. But the oh. silk aminos that everybody's putting in their bottles are just whatever was the top four or five aminos that happened to be in the chain and not the other 20 or 30. They weren't combined. It was nothing. So the product wasn't the same. The study meant nothing. It was compared to nothing. And all of a sudden, everybody in the industry had it. We had so much pressure to come out there. 
But that's what we first thing we did. We looked at the study and said, uh, there's nothing here. I can't put my name on this. Great. I can make a fucking fortune for the next six months till this dies out and it's gone because the study's going to not validate itself and it's going to disappear, but I can't do that. So I have to look at the study and maybe the study is not a huge study, but I got to look at it and say, yeah, you know what? This shows some promise. And then the second thing, and I hate to say, Mark said he does the same thing and we have to is since these studies aren't good, we have to try the stuff. Yes. Oh, you got to see what you got to try it on yourself. You got to get a bunch of your athletes and not tell them what it is. Put it out there. You know, we, we do A, B studies on it. We like to, like, we're doing a product right now and we're doing the S7. We're going to try it in an A, B study and see yeah. whether people notice any difference. You know, some of it could be placebo, some of it not. But how do you take something and then you say, oh, shit, this stuff is hot. Everybody's talking about it, throwing it in a bottle and sell it. If I don't feel it in the gym, that's kind of the cutoff right yeah. there. Uh, and then I said, I, I sent it to a bunch of people that I know and trust that aren't going to be kissing my ass. And I set it up in a way that I know that they can, you know, that they're going to have to give me some real response. So, you know, there's a lot to it. And for me, and I'm sure Mark is the same way, we miss a lot. I mean, Mark, how much money do you think you lost by not doing SARMs? <sighs> just since well, you just I talked mean, about this the other day. It's, 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 if MTS, with well, your name, if MTS came out with a storm, it'd be in every fucking it's, store in the yeah, country. It's, it's a 10 plus million dollar fucking, I'd, I'd be retired yeah. if I came out with storms. But here's the thing. I wouldn't be able to look myself in the fucking mirror. Like I'm ugly enough. You know, it's like, I, I just I, look at the end of the day, you know, I, and this is, I don't, I don't mean this. I don't want this to sound braggadocious, but I've done well enough in life to not have to compromise myself and I'm comfortable. I live in a nice house in the suburbs. You know, I, I have no debt. I don't need more. I, I, I can, I, I want money. I like money. I'm not saying I don't like money. I don't like nice things, but I don't need to sell my soul for it. Or again, like I won't come out with a product that I have to say not for human consumption on the box. <laughs> That's just fucking wrong. And I think what you said, Mark, about how you test products about the SAA and all that, the Silk Aminos, same as our company. We talk about building a house without a foundation, right? Like that's what these people are doing. They're making transient income. I don't want transient income. I'm all about, the, I don't know if you guys have read the book Built to Last, it's a fucking classic. That's what I want. I want to build an, a brand. You know, and I think I did somewhat successful with Cidation, Very you know, successful. where the brand has sustained. It's owned by fucking Cellucor Nutribolt now. You know, and that's what I'm saying. Like I built my team, I'm sorry, my team and I built some epic shit, but Cidation never did that shit either. Like. I'm essentially, uh, you know, and, and Mark's the same. Like, we're essentially as clean cut as they come. We sell amino acids, whey protein, some pre-workouts. We're not skating the line with barely legal, you know, DHEA derivatives. We just want to provide value to our customers, help them sustain and enhance their diet and training. And that's what I'm in it for. And again, we could have made like, you know, we could have 12 Lambos and 15 bitches right outside right now, but that's not who we are. Yeah. No, 100%. And I've been doing a lot of the talking here, but you guys obviously haven't had a chance to talk much with each other. So what I want to do, it would be interesting, is like each of you ask the other a question maybe that's on your mind about there. Because that's kind of how this stemmed. I know, Glazer, you mentioned on, on Facebook you'd love to like pick Mark's brain about his expertise and his history with Cyvation and all these other companies that he has successfully built and either sold off or still continues to run. So um, do one of you guys want to take the floor and ask the other a question that's on your mind? Well, I think, I think um, for Mark, you know, the, as, a, as a vertically integrated company, you know, do you find that to be more of a challenge or um, 
Because obviously, when you just focus on marketing, sales, and formulations, and it's basically like Coca-Cola licensing their formula to make right. other people make it. You know, like Coca-Cola focuses on marketing, right, and sales, and maybe new products and R&D. Do you find it to be a um, an asset or a liability most of the time? Uh, both. <laughs> uh, I expected that. A liability only in the sense that it takes up 70% of my time. Yeah. Uh, but it's also my passion, what I love to do, that part of it. So, but it's a live, it, it's, it's definitely a positive for me because, you know, when I started this, I, I learned because the way I launched a company by using other formulators and not knowing it back then there was no internet. So I couldn't even look the shit up for myself. Yeah. I had a bunch of products on the market and I thought they were good. And, you know, I started to learn these prop lens and realize there was nothing in them at all. And I was, I was literally sell, I was a snake oil salesman. I admit that right up from 2000, from 1996 to 2000 or so. That's what I was selling products that were shit. I didn't know that myself. I mean, I got into it for the passion, just like Mark does. I mean, here you have two CEOs that actually work out, that actually train, that are actually living the life, right. not sitting in a chair with their, their ass getting fat because all they're doing is counting beans in the back office. You know, it's part of it is we have this passion for what we do. And I don't know, in this industry, I just don't think you can have a CEO who doesn't live the light and doesn't have the passion for it. Because then what are you putting in a bottle? You don't know, you know, it's a big part of it. So my passion ended up back in 2000, turning toward figuring this whole manufacturing thing out. And I learned from the prop lens. And then I started to, you know, look at ingredients and stuff and find out half the ingredients were bullshit. I mean, even now we, we reject like 8% of our ingredients on a monthly basis from companies that know I'm going to test everyone coming in, just trying to sneak shit in. You know, like we order, we have an ingredient coming from China, from this manufacturer that we have qualified and they run out, this company runs out of it, so they slap a label on it and pretend this. We, can, we have to catch all this. It's not just testing it to make sure it's 99, not point whatever is true. We have to actually go down and take pictures of all our barrels of this particular brand, of this particular ingredient. Take pictures of, of all the C of A's, of all the documents. And at the warehouse level, not at the lab level, when it comes in, they're comparing physical photographs. And holy yeah. shit, this drum does not look like this drum. There's a problem before it even gets to the lab. So a lot of our stuff is rejected at the door by a warehouse manager, not even by our PhD here. It's, it's such a, yeah, it, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of time. Uh, but, you know, I was joking about being a liability. I think if I wasn't doing it, it'd be a liability to, to the customer. I'll uh, tell you what, you sleep well at night and I sleep great at night. I do. Really good. And if, if I threw amp citrate on the market the first time it came in from China, I wouldn't sleep well. If I put, I asked Mark that question about Sorens because, yeah, I would think the size of his company, his background, his name, he would do ten million, ten million plus dollars easily of Sorem sales. But that's what he's giving up. Right. You know, how do you make that up with another product? You can't. You have to do a slow build, make legitimate product, market it the right way, and build it step by step over years. It's a harder way to do things. But SARM is only one example. There's probably 10 other examples easy that we could come up with that we could have done the same thing with. Mm -hmm. uh, but then how, how, do you, how do you live with yourself? If you got in this because it was your passion, you really love what you're doing. And yes, it is a business. You know, I'm in this to make a lifestyle for myself, for my family, for everybody here in the, in the Nutribio family. I want them to have the lives that they want. So I'm not sitting here saying I'm doing this to donate money. I'm doing it because it's my passion. I want to change people's lives and I want to change my employees and my staff's lives too. But yeah. you can either do it the right way, or you can just do it the quick, simple, easy, cheap way. And I just, I, I just can't do it. Yeah, that, that's all. And I will chime in <clears throat> real quick and just add to that. You know, I have I have three kids and a wife, and I happen to like most of them. 
Um, you know, and I don't want I don't want to bring I don't want this this to be about this, but this is the truth. Singerman is up for 71 total years in jail. Whether he did it or not, again, innocent until proven guilty. He has kids, the same amount of kids as I do. I can't imagine doing even a month in jail away from my kids for just simply doing my job. Mm-hmm. So I never want to put my family in that place. And all the stuff you're talking about, dude, you have, Jacob Geisler just said four years. He's doing four years in club fed, bro. I mean, that's, even though it's, it's not hard time at, you know, um, you know, Guantanamo Bay, it's still not fun. You know, he's still away from the world. So I think not only do we have to deal from a moral standpoint, but I think just from a responsible man standpoint, I can't go to prison. Yeah. Yeah, and I've always said, just do the right thing, right? You guys both know that about me. And I've said, like, if you do the right thing, you should have nothing to worry about, really, uh, at the end of the day. Glazer, do you have a question for, for Mr. Lobliner that you off the top of your head for some of his expertise? Oh, yeah. and, well, and I haven't followed Mark for a long time. I've watched pretty much all of his videos and everything over the years. Uh, I mean, what was your real motivation to get into this and do it this way, Mark? Honestly, I, you know, I started in publishing at Weeder Publications, but I got into fitness. The reason I started training the way I did is I had a really fucked up childhood. And, um, you know, my mom, drug addict, you know, um, my mom served, um, served in the Israeli Defense Force, um, but also sustained a ton of injuries, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, I'm talking, I'm not talking like a little bit of weed. My mom was, is a hardcore drug addict, you know, um, my father, um, died of complications, type two diabetes. My, my passion came to train and help people. But after I got a job at Weeder Publications, the next step was to move forward and, and start a company. Because when I was a Weeder, I worked with a lot of uh, companies that really didn't do right by the consumer. And they opened up and they told me what they were doing. I actually testified, <clears throat> speaking of court cases, in front of a grand jury when a company called Pharmagenics was putting clenbuterol in their Ventoline. Mm-hmm. Guy's name was Brian Rubach. I got a call out of nowhere from the FDA saying, we need you to come to this courtroom because you're testifying. We're, we're going to subpoena you. And I don't look at it as ratting like I saw. I thought it was a joke. He literally took me through his warehouse said, hey, here's the clenbuterol we're putting our fat burner. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm sitting in front of a grand jury. So, I mean, for me, it, it stemmed from altruism. And I just happened to be decent at it. And people don't realize, like, people say, hey, you're a YouTuber, dude. I didn't have social media for Cybation. I had a Toyota Corolla and I went store to store and you know, I happened to be fortunate enough to make branch chains taste good. I didn't invent brand. Like people like, I don't know when the BCAA thing was going down, people were like, there was one guy who did a video um, who's like, Mark should apologize. Like he did, he, he brought, he's giving people cancer. First of all, branch chains causing, okay, that's crazy. But you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I didn't, go out and I didn't like boy sit in a lab and take chicken and break out branch chains. I didn't ferment my own glucose. You know, at the end of the day, it was just a product that we were the first to popularize. And, um, and I think for me, you know, it was just work. Um, so I really had a passion and my main passion still is the consumer. I really love people and I'm an introvert. Actually, I spend a lot of time alone, but you get me out in public. Mm-hmm. It's not, Usually I'll have people come up, hey, you're Mark Lobliner, nice to meet you. I'm like, great. And then by the end, they're trying to leave me because I won't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> that's just my personality. But I love I love helping people. I think and that sounds really cheesy and cliche. I don't know a lot of people will be like, hey, he's pocket liner, Jew liner's lying, but that's why I got into it. Like I can't fake the fact that my my childhood was fucked. Mm. So, you know, I took that and made it a good thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's, that's a great answer because it's about people to him. So, I mean, if his passion is people and he loves people, then how do you stick something in a bottle that somebody's going to put in their body? That's a, basically a drug, not in the definition of the FDA cosmetic and all that, but it's a drug that's going to affect, you know, that person's body can affect their hormones. It can affect the way they feel. They think every day. Can, there's a lot that it can do. So I think that's one thing we probably both have in common in, in that way is the drive behind our company is, is people. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the product. It's not really the, you know, the profit. It's it's the people first. And mm-hmm. if you think about the people first, then you can't do any of the stuff we've been talking about. So yeah. it's a great ask. 100%. And I got one more question for you guys, and we'll wrap this up. I'd be remiss if we didn't go back to your brands of Nutribio, MTS, and, and Outright. Um, what do we have now glazer i know you have a lot going on so far in 2019 in terms of a product launch every week a new flavor literally every day I think yeah like literally every day every week um but in terms of 2019 plans from from this podcast forward like what can we expect from nutribile throughout the rest of 2019 well the product weekly product launches will be continuing straight through at least halfway through the year it's not stuff we're throwing together to pretend we can throw out a product a week. We spent all 2018 doing what we're doing. You know, we we realized that our products were the highest quality, but you know, our flavor is not the best. And we realized, you know, you watch people out there, even bloggers, they know every freaking ingredient out there talking about the ingredients and quality of product. And the end say, yeah, but I like this one. It tastes much better. And they're taking the product that tastes better. So, you know, we realized we got to play on that chessboard a little. We got to play that game a little. So uh, we spent 2018 really coming up for us, new technology and flavoring. And the way we call it a new technology, because if I'm going to do a protein and I have to make it taste twice, 10 times better than it is now, I can't fill it with fillers and shit like that. I have to find a way to make it taste good and keep my protein ratio right where it is. So we spent 2018 laid back. People were asking us, what are you doing? You haven't launched anything. What's going on? And now all these new products that we that we did in the last year and are continuing, they're not all finished, are launching throughout the year. So the whole thing for us this year is to create a new relationship with, with our customer based on the products that we're coming out with. We've listened to them for the last year, what they want what they wanted to get from us, what new ingredients, what new products, and the things that made sense to us, we've put into motion. So this year is big for us in in product releases and flavor releases. Uh, and there's, there's some stuff we can't talk about yet that are going to be huge for us uh, about halfway through the year. Uh, so that's that's what we're doing. We're doing what we've always done, just continuing it. And Lobar, I've asked you this question actually before in terms of what we're doing our way too early nominees for 2019 brand of the year. And you were uh, you were shush shush about it, but you have some stuff going on. I don't know if you can talk about it or what we can look forward to in 2019 for MTS and or Outright Bar moving forward. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I'm I'm not really hush hush. I'm just kind of I don't want to make a promise I can't keep. Sure. But you know, I think the biggest thing we've done is my wife has really stepped into the company and she's managing a lot of the CEO work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm able to go out and market brand and formulate do what i need to do and do stuff like this like i would have been i would i don't think i'd be able to do this two months ago sure because i was so bogged down with data not saying my wife's doing just day-to-day busy bullshit but that's mostly what mark and me do we do day-to-day busy bullshit my wife is extremely talented so i mean number one is you know we're going to keep expanding the mts line um expanding as well as we're coming out more commodities um because you know with some of our retailers they really like the brand so I can run, you know, minimal amounts of certain ingredients like CoQ10 and melatonin and, just, you know, fill that market demand. I think that's something we haven't done. That's something that's been going really well so far. 
Um, so MTS, we're going to do that. We're going to have a couple new flavors of protein. We have pretty much most categories hit. Yeah. So you can only, I can't do 20 test boosters. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do 20 fat burners. Keeping a, you know, eye on things. Um, developing that outright foods is a sep. I, I consider it a completely separate brand. Um, we're going to have a vegan bar coming out within the next, if I can get it right within the next probably two months, we have another flavor coming out within the next, um, three to four weeks. I'm not going to say the flavor, but it's banana walnut. Um, <laughs> nice. Let's see if somebody figures that one out. Yeah. And, uh, we have pancake mix. I mean, just that functional food alley is, Oh, what are you coming out with? Is different. Banana walnut. What's up? Oh shit. Banana just... walnut. Yeah, it's peanut butter base. It's <laughs> really great. good. But you know, I think I think it's a new it's a new thing for me. I'm meeting with C stores and stuff. So for me, freeing me up to be able to do that and go and sell again. Because in the in the industry, like there's really not that much selling for me because I, I know everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've been here for 20 years, like Mark. But you know, so we're able to do that. And I think just just overall harnessing the brand, figuring out the messaging, getting the message out there. And I'm not saying we're going to go, you know, crazy with the market. That's not our style, but you know, um, and, and I'm not going to become a bargain basement cost cutting brand. Never going to do that because our products are worth more than that. Sure. Just like Nutribio, like Nutribio is not going to be that brand, like flash sale every fucking day. And that's where you look at like why bodybuilding.com was down 50% two years straight. It's not just because they started charging for content. It's because they devalued every single brand there. And also, let's not forget, Jim also counterfeited his own brand and went to GNC with it. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a weird event. But I think the but I don't even think that's the main reason. I don't think Jim's the main reason. I don't think the content's the main reason. I think the main reason is they did a BOGO literally every day, and they're starting to do it again. So. Which for me, like I was at one point the number three brand and product on bodybuilding.com. Like I have no hatred. I, I don't mind. I think they're, you know, Ryan DeLuca, I find him to be one of the most genius men I've ever met I in my life. So I, I respect the hell out of that brand, but I've also seen them completely destroy it. Um, and mainly because they played that race to the bottom. Talk about protein earlier, Mark. Phase eight was $19.99 for five pounds when we had the protein price increase. Mm-hmm. My cost was fucking thirty dollars, yeah. and they're charging nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, hundred percent. No, you're you're absolutely right on that. And that 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 the pricing game can come back and really bite you in the ass in terms of we already talked about that in terms of longevity of the brand. So, uh, Glazer, if you ever decide you want to bring that protein bar back, you know, from back in the day, you could talk to Mark. Maybe he can be your consultant to make sure this thing doesn't melt in trucks on you next uh, time. Mark, <laughs> Mark, Mark knows more than me about everything. I'm gonna yeah, I wish. Uh, well, I, I wish I had some of my old protein bars to let him taste. He, he would probably be laughing his ass off at us. Uh, I've tried some really, really unique bars in my day. I wouldn't be laughing. I'd probably... <laughs> Guys, I appreciate you coming on. This was good. We'll have to do this again sometime soon. This is just a different, unique perspective on things. You guys obviously agree on a whole hell of a lot. Hopefully, you guys get some time to spend maybe in person and, and can help educate the rest of the industry because I still think there's a, a big – I get educated from you two on a freaking daily basis. I text you. I call you. So I appreciate the uh, the love you give me and my brand. I appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, behave yourselves, gentlemen, all right? Behave yourselves this year. We'll try our best. Thanks so much for having me on, brother. All right, guys. That. That was a good episode. That was fun. That was a lot of fun talking and being sort of, uh, you know, I wasn't even an arbitrator between those two because they got along with so much and they, they agreed on so much that there was nothing to do arbitration on. There wasn't one thing that they disagreed on. So unlike 
the Kent Nangle Ian Bell podcast we had earlier last year, uh, where we had the real versus core debate. This was more of a this is what we need to do. This is a state of the industry debate, and here's where we're going to go. So, talking things like SARM, CBD, the future of sports nutritional supplements as it pertains to the FDA and all the changes that are happening there. Two men who really need to keep an eye on this, and just some really cool insights in terms of international distribution, et cetera, within this industry that that many people here don't understand. So, um, I, like I said earlier in the opening, I want to do more of these. I want to bring in some people that we would cons- that, that we would not necessarily um, think we could see in the same room and have a conversation. So this has been an idea that's been brewing in my head for a while. Like, let's be different. Let's bring in supplement owners. Let's bring in fitness personalities who uh, either maybe agree or disagree on stuff, but don't really or haven't had really a chance to sit down and, and converse with one another. So that, to me, I thought was, was extremely cool. And I'm glad this is the first one. I'm glad Mark Loblier and Mark Lays were the first two to do it because they have the same name. It was super easy for me. Um, no, but for, for real, it just um, these are two men that I, that I greatly respect. And uh, since day one at F5, these both have supported me and my quest uh, here at Fitness Informant to grow this platform for each and every single one of you listening to help educate you people at home because – their brands are about that. They talked about that, about educating the consumer. At the end of the day, that's really what this is about, making sure that you guys are making informed decisions at the point of purchase when it comes to your sports nutrition. That's what FI is about. That's what NutriBio and MTS is about. So very, very excited to have those guys on, and I hope you guys enjoyed the show. As always, like I said, if you like the podcast, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Write us a review to help out the algorithm. Make sure you check us out on social. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. Our official website is fitnessinformant.com, where we post all new product reviews, rankings, supplement news, supplement deals, fitness articles, fitness routines. There are free workout plans over at FI, and we also offer macro calculator nutritional advice as well. We are more than just a supplement review platform. We are an all-encompassing basically encyclopedia of information on multiple platforms that's free of charge to you to make you guys learn more about what it is in fitness and nutrition so you can make informed decisions. Wow, that actually came out better than I thought it was going to come out. So appreciate your support. Next week, we have Dr. Jeff on the show from EFX. Uh, Dr. Jeff is an OG. He was in Subs, the movie. He talks about pretty much uh, Creacolin and, and uh, I know he pronounces it different, but I pronounce it Creacolin. Uh, you know, that's probably his baby, but he also has Carbolin, which is a big, big product that a lot of people are probably listening to this podcast have used before. So Dr. Jeff will be next week. Make sure that you subscribe so you can get that automatic notification sent to your mobile device, your iPad, whatever you're doing. So I appreciate the support, appreciate the love. Until next week, guys, make sure that you absorb as much information as possible, put that information to use, be informed, live fit, hang loose, and let's go.